This is A1 Nick. I'm here with attorney Miles Briner. And for those of you who do not know who Mr. Briner is, uh, please say some of your accolades and your credentials. Well, I've been practicing criminal defense for about 30 years now. I was formerly a deputy prosecuting attorney here in Honolulu. And for the last five years, I've been president of the Hawaii Association of Criminal Defense Lawyers, which is the affiliate with the National Association of Criminal Defense Lawyers. Very good. So, first question is, what should you do if you're under arrest but not formally charged yet? Now, if you're under arrest, best advice is say nothing. Simply invoke your right to have an attorney. Uh, no matter what efforts are made by uh, law enforcement to, to get you to make a statement, it's always to your advantage to remain silent. It's often difficult because it's very stressful, uh, a lot of anxiety when you're getting arrested. Your first thoughts are, I want to be free. Well, the best way to get free is to remain silent and invoke your right to have an attorney present at all times. So I get this question a lot. People might have had an incident where they've been exposed to some sort of criminal liability, yet they wait. So what would you be your recommendation well, uh, to somebody when to meet with a private attorney? Okay, I, I'm a very proactive criminal defense attorney. Uh, I believe when one thinks that there are possible criminal liability, immediately contact an attorney. Uh, it's a mistake to hope it's going to go away. Uh, burying your head in the sand and being an ostrich is not the way to defend yourself. If you think you're a subject of an investigation, there's no reason not to get a free consultation from a competent defense attorney. You'll appreciate it much later on. It'll enable you to relax knowing that someone has your back. Also, I see this all the time where people get legal counsel after they've already sort of spoken to the police and they say too much. What are some of the advantages to seeing somebody before you actually get okay. questioned by the police? Okay. You have an absolute right to remain silent. Uh, all the police can do are ask you questions. You do not have to answer. Frequently, the police will misrepresent their intentions. There's case law, both state and federal, that allow the police to literally lie about the investigation so long as they obtain what would later be determined to be a truthful confession. So it would behoove anyone who believes that they are the subject of an investigation or as early as possible to get legal counsel. Most attorneys will provide free legal consultation initially. If they think that there's a need for any additional uh, uh, lawyering or legal representation, then you can move forward. But at least early on, you want to have someone who knows what they're doing, who has your back. So say I just got arrested, I'm currently in custody, and I'm at HPD Maine. Are you, as the attorney, allowed to come see me? An attorney can come see you anytime, and it's, it's, it's imperative. The police will typically delay contacting your family or contacting your attorney. Again, when you're in custody and you're isolated in a holding cell waiting to be interviewed, they, typically the detectives will have you wait hours and hours and hours. Very frequently what they'll do is they'll come to you only after they've built up a case against you and then misrepresent what their intentions are and say, gee, if you only speak to us now and tell us your side of this, we'll probably let you go. That's not considered lying. That is considered appropriate investigative technique. My advice and any competent attorney's advice will be buy a bottle of shut up. Say nothing, invoke your right to have an attorney at all times. So if you're in a situation where the police ask you to turn yourself in, 
What are some of the advantages to seeing an attorney before that point that you actually have to turn yourself in? Absolutely. There is no reason not to see an attorney. If you have to turn yourself in, there's a high probability the police will use it as an opportunity to interrogate you. Uh, literally, there is, as I said before, there is case law, state and federal case law, that allow the police to make up facts about the case in order to obtain a true confession. So there's no reason to allow them to do that to you. Again, if you're in custody or you're expected to turn yourself in, always have an attorney present to make sure your rights are observed. And also on the bail bond side, you want to make sure that you have a bail agent dialed in, ready to bail you out the moment you're actually charged, if you're charged. And if you postpone that and you're in custody, you might get a phone call. Well, maybe. I, I, I try to advise my clients to be proactive about this, uh, to contact an attorney and then immediately contact a bail bonds uh, company such as A1 Bail Bond that have an, uh, a good web page where they can fill out the information in advance in anticipation of something happening. And it doesn't cost anything. I and mean, the fact of the matter is that if the bail bond company uh, knows what they're doing, they're going to have a web presence, they're going to have a web page that allows you to get your information uh, into their hands so that if you are taken into custody, one phone call to your family or your attorney and they'll be there to bail you out. Perfect. So what could a private attorney do at the point before you're actually charged with a crime? Well, it's important that if you Again, this is all proactive criminal defense, uh, which I'm an ardent uh, advocate of, not waiting and sitting on your hands. Ideally, the attorney should be able to call the detective up, talk to the detective and find out where the case is going. Uh, it also gives a clue to the detective that there's an attorney involved in the case and they have to be careful about violating uh, the suspect's rights. So I find this very useful when a client comes to me saying they've been contacted by the police to give a statement or to be processed and I immediately call the, the detective and immediately make sure they understand I represent this person. I send over a confirmatory letter that requires them to acknowledge that they have their Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination and they will not be um, interrogated. Uh, and I usually will show up with the client and make it a hard and fast rule to be there to make sure the Miranda waiver form has been signed and acknowledged and no interrogation occurs. That's a whole patch that everybody misses. They think, oh, I haven't been charged with anything. Let me just go turn in. They go in not knowing their rights. And before you know it, they put themselves at a disadvantage because they okay. haven't seen an attorney or talked to a bondsman okay. before they turn themselves in. Okay. Officers are specifically trained. There are techniques. The most common is called the read interrogation technique. And that technique uh, is designed to undermine um, a suspect's confidence, to suggest to the suspect that if they do cooperate, it's to their benefit, and this is all go away, and they can go home. That is patently untrue. Detectives know by the time they talk to someone within the first 48 hours, they've usually built their case to the point that their goal then, after they organize everything, is then their last objective is to get an incriminating statement from the suspect. So it takes effort, it takes commitment, and it takes a willingness to not say anything that's going to injure your rights down the road. All right, Mr. Briner, can you explain the 48-hour investigation period? Uh, 48 hours is the critical time period. Uh, within 48 hours, the police have to charge the case or release you. So consequently, what they typically do 
is the suspect is locked up in the holding cell. Um, you're by yourself, it's isolation. Um, you're held you know, in protective custody, as it were. You can't talk to anyone. You can ask for a phone call, either to a family member or to an attorney. During that time period, the detectives will try to build as strong a case as possible that will be used to charge the suspect. Again, so it's in the suspect, in any client's benefit, to say nothing and to constantly repeat as a mantra, I want my attorney, I have nothing to say. So let's take a deep dive into the 48-hour investigation period as it pertains specifically to abuse of a household member. And I'd like you to explain to our viewers the difference between being held under investigation and then charged with a felony domestic violence case versus just a misdemeanor domestic violence case. Well, it makes a big difference whether it's a felony or misdemeanor in terms of bail. Um, and the consequences. Uh, in, in either case, that 48-hour period is critical uh, that uh, the client not say anything whatsoever to the police, get in touch with the attorney so the attorney can reach out to the family members. This is particularly important in domestic violence cases because very often uh, the complaining witness, in fact, doesn't want to see the person prosecuted. They very often use uh, the uh, allegations of abuse of household and family member as a way of punishing their spouse or their boyfriend or their girlfriend or, or their, their loved one, and then later on realize that they don't want the person incarcerated. So this is a critical time period uh, to get hold of the lawyer, have the lawyer identify themselves as the attorney for the suspect, and then to get together with the family and possibly the complaining witness to see how serious these matters are and if they can be resolved short of prosecution. And on the bail side, it's really important to know that if you have a felony abuse case, your bail's probably gonna be anywhere between 15 and $75,000. It could be anywhere on the map. If it's just a misdemeanor count, then it's just $1,000 for that very first that is true. Um, violation. So it's a big difference getting prepared for a case that might only be $1,000 bail versus $50,000 bail. So it's just another reason to make sure that you're represented by an attorney who can tell you exactly what to do and what not to do and hopefully if it's one of those things like Correct. you talk about with maybe some sort of family drama something in the heat of the moment but then after it resolves itself that you're not stuck with a felony abuse case yeah, and it's important to understand that whether it's a misdemeanor or, or felony matter um, contacting an attorney to initially assert your rights does not mean that you're wedded to that attorney permanently you're free to change attorneys hire fire your attorneys at will the point is that early on having an attorney step up to the plate and talk to the police and tell them not to contact you, not to speak with you, is critical. Because if you don't have that person standing between you and the police, acting as a sword and a shield, then it's a high probability that your rights will be abused. Yeah, so important to talk to an attorney. The majority of the time when you step up to the plate and you're there for the client, they usually will stick with you because they realize you care. And that's what the bottom line is. I mean, the only standard we have as defense attorneys is what would you want for yourself and your family? And that's a, a simple but excellent standard to practice law. What would you want for yourself? What would you want for your loved ones? That's how you practice law. Absolutely. Thank you for your time, Mr. Brenner.